I'm Kerry Adams and you're listening to Kerry's Connoisseurs coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Today, happy day, I've got Jeremy Sampson in the studio with me. Jeremy is the Managing Director of Brand Finance Africa. It's very lofty and very, very important. Thank you for joining me, Jeremy, on Carrie's Connoisseurs. It's always my privilege and my <laughs> pleasure. And we were trying to work out how long it's been. It must be best part of a decade that we've done this. It must be because we started doing this when I was doing a program at Classic FM. In Brampton. And mm. that was in Brahmies before they moved to Melrose even. And I think that that's a good 15 years ago. I don't know. Actually, you're right. I think it could be. I think it is. Yes. Anyway, cheers. <laughs> we haven't, it's morning, so we haven't got wine, but we've got water. <laughs> Thank you. The reason that we're talking, of course, is because every year Jeremy and I get together and discuss that was the year that was in the wine world. Mm. And we give you some tips. Not really tips, just our favorites that we've drunk during the year that we think we might like to either receive as a gift for Christmas or for the holidays or that we think might go nicely with a Christmas lunch or dinner. And you always have, you and Sharon always have these fantastic lunches and dinners that you make. Um, what did you drink during the year that you think might be a goodie? We've come out of COVID this year, which I think we forget mm. um, because the beginning of this year we were still really within COVID. And um, it's gathered momentum increasingly, I found, over the year. In fact, only three weeks ago, I was down in Franchuk and traveling around and having a look and seeing what was going on. And I must say, it looks as though people have survived COVID. Of course they did, because they loaded bollocks to start with. You know me. I, well, I just thought that that fear-mongering made me so cross. We won't even go there. We won't even talk about it. And I think that in 50 years' time, everybody is going to say, how on earth did we allow that to happen? Well, you go to the Franschuk area, and it's thriving. Good. Stellenbosch is thriving. In fact, the whole Western Cape, as we know, is thriving for other reasons as well. <laughs> yes, um, it's thriving because they're the only people with power. Well, <laughs> and not a pothole in sight. Yes. And, and driving around, I forgot that you actually have to allow for roadworks, so you actually have to be stuck waiting for the traffic to go yeah, one way or the other. About that, which we've forgotten we? about. So, yeah. no, look, when you say what are the wines, also another big event for me at least, you know, you're in the wine industry all the time. Yes. But two months ago, the Cape Wine Girls having their tasting yes. before the auction. And that, again, was, I think, about 35 wines. I was in hospital for that, so I missed it. Oh, it's special, um, very special. I'm so sad that I missed it. It's the first time in many years that I couldn't mm. get there. There must have been some really nice ones. Well, the, the chairperson now is Mr. Newton Johnson, Jr. I know, isn't um, he gorgeous? And, you know, the Newton Johnson wines to start with, you know, in Heaven and Heart are incredible. And I believe the restaurant is just as good as it was. And I think that Bevan has remarried. Is it Bevan whose wife died? That I don't know about the domestic. Ah, well, he is such a gorgeous child, and he went through a terribly, terribly unhappy time. His wife was sick. Oh, dear. They had two little children, I think, and he lost his wife. But I think I read somewhere that he'd met a lovely new girl, and they've subsequently married. So, well, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. And now, of course, the previous year was um, the Muller News. Yes. Um, and she was the chair for a time. Yes. Um, and so that was very special, I yeah. think, you know, having a, no, that a lady. Guild, that guild has done really well, I think. Yes. It's achieved all, it's ticked all its boxes, you know, mm -hmm. it's done well. 
And of course, we've had Plata in the last 10 days has come out and uh, the top estate is Molyneux again. Um, and uh, that's what, fourth of five years or something. I know, it's extraordinary. I think it's the only estate in the country that has three consecutive wins and then they skipped one and then they had another one sort of thing that they've just done incredibly well. You see, I, I think back a decade or so um, and perhaps the South African wine fraternity will not like me reminding them, but at KWB they had an Australian winemaker, Richard yeah. Rowe, yes. and they won it for about four years in a row. In fact, they were winning everything. And well, then they got he to was point, really you know, smart. He made some such smart wine. He really did. I have to say I learned a lot from him because he was... Where is uh, Richard now? He's in Margaret Valley. That's is he gone In back? Australia. He's gone back to his home. And he used to come out twice, three times yes. a year. And yes. he used to love it. Um, and, you know, he helped bring up KWB. Now, of course, they don't enter Platter for the most part. So they're not listed, which to mm. me is rather sad. Why don't they? Do we know why? I heard that they were somewhat upset with a person who was judging their wines and um, so, so they they threw a frothy and said, "We're out of here." And I think perhaps Labrie is back in because people forget that there's KWB yes. and there's Labrie, uh, and of course I think their brandies are in as well. They would have to be because they make the best, some of the best brandy oh, in the country. Gorgeous, really beautiful. Yeah. So we've ascertained that hopefully tourism is on the up. People are hopefully going to stop being quite so paranoid. And I say that in the best possible way. I mean, it was perfectly understandable why people were terrified. But you have to be missing a chromosome like me to not give a rat's you-know-what. I mean, I just couldn't believe that the human race had spent thousands of years fighting for freedom and liberty. And then we were told what time, what T-shirts we could wear. And what shoes we may or may not wear, closed or open or long sleeve T-shirts or short sleeve T-shirts. And I just thought, no, we really have reached bollock status here. But now at the we moment, really what, what is it with South Africa? We always hear how we're resilient, but we're putting up with absolute rubbish from ESCOM. Oh, putting up Ru- rubbish. rubbish is the understatement of the century. <laughs> um, and we put up with it. Well, I, as I, we sit here today in this studio, my darling gorgeous sound engineer battles his you-know-what's-off every day because we don't have enough time to get generators and inverters and things back up to where they need to be. Mm. We need internet. We need, you know, it's just... Well, I had a time from 2 o'clock on Monday afternoon for 47 hours and 40 minutes of nothing. So it doesn't matter how many batteries or inverters you've got, it's flat as a pancake. And, you know, trying to charge my phone off my computer... (laughs) And then we had it on for 20 minutes, and boom, at 2 o'clock, this was on Wednesday, at it went again. No. It's the 21st century. No. You know, We're in the dark ages. People, Elon's <laughs> sending people, he's building houses on Mars, and we can't turn the lights on. It's just alarming, isn't it? Well, anyway, he, that's depressing, and that's not what we're going to talk about. No, we're going to talk we're about We're going to talk about gorgeous <laughs> wine that's going to enhance our holiday season. And for those of you who celebrate Christmas... What are we going to do? What are you and Sharon cooking for Christmas? I know that we're going to our daughter on Christmas Eve. Okay. And I think that'll be a traditional. Um, mm-hmm. She's sort of taken over the responsibilities of the family, which is nice. It's quite nice to hand um, that over. Hey? And we'll see. We'll see. But so um, turkeys and gammons and things? All those classic things, yes. Yes. Um, and then we might do something totally different, like um, 
some Scottish salmon oh. poached, um, you know, with some nice capers and lemon and things oh. like that. Um, and perhaps a nice uh, Sauvignon Blanc or a nice Chenin to cut through the whole so thing. So speaking of those, which ones would you recommend? What have you tasted this year that you really like? Well, I think it was this program last year. You told me that uh, Hurta Post had come out That's with... That's sea salter. Exactly. It's still delicious. Their new vintage is just as delicious as their last one. Did you well, taste it? I, I must say, I drank quite a bit of that in the last year. <laughs> um, and, it, and I'm not a Sauvignon Blanc fan. Me neither. I'm a Chenin person. Mm. Um, for Chardonnay, um, I was brought a bottle of um, the flagship Bartony uh, Chardonnay. Oh, and was that lovely? Glass. Yeah. And it was quite special. Yes. It was very, very special. Yes. Um, but there are so many good wines. It's getting better and better. We're spoilt for choice with platter. Uh, you know, even Michael Fridgen, I think, is commenting on how many five-star awards they're giving out and four and a half and four. Mm, mm. Um, the quality of the wine is going up tremendously. And with the reds, well, what are the classics? The Takaras, you know, the Telemas. Mm. Um, when I was down in Franschhoek, we actually had a, an old-fashioned South African wine, if I can say that without being rude. What did you have? A Delheim Cabernet Sauvignon oh, Merlot. wow. Which was stewed fruit and... Oh, and this gorgeous. reminds us of Spatz Sperling, doesn't yes, it? He was yes. such a gorgeous character mm. in the industry, but his daughter's doing a great job of running that farm at this stage of the game. Brilliant wine. Yeah, really, really good. So... I have tasted a couple of, well, I've tasted a lot of stuff this year. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, the one thing that I, I interviewed Charles Beck. Um, of Fairview. Of Fairview. Mm. Who, and the reason I interviewed him is because his Malbec, his Fairview 2021 Malbec, won Celia Gilloway's um, Malbec competition. Now, who's Celia Gilloway? Celia Gilloway has honestly put together more wine shows. She did Old Mutual for Michael Fridgeon. She did Diners Club. She did Wine Magazine for many, many years. And she's sort of semi-retired now, but she's doing a, she's doing a series of competitions, which I think is quite clever. They're quite under the radar. Mm. And she puts together tasting panels that constitute sort of the man in the street, the retailer, the wine expert, the winemaker. She makes, you know, she it's makes a music, so there's nice broad spectrum. Yep. And they do win awards and they do get stickers for their wine and it is audited by a proper firm of auditors. Um, so it's all properly above board and what have you, but she takes unusual cultivars. Mm. She puts quite a lot of emphasis on our unusual cultivars in South Africa. She does the normal run of the mills as well, like the Cabernets and the Sauvignon Blanc and that sort of thing. But it does tend to cater for the smaller producers mm. who maybe can't afford to enter a big competition mm. Mm. Yep. or who don't have the stock, the endless amounts of stock to give away as samples and this, that, and the mm. next thing that is sometimes required for competitions. It's a nice... Man in the street, it's, it's every man's competition. That's how I could like. It's, it's so good to hear of something yeah. like that because sometimes I look at these glossy books mm. and it's advertorial. People have paid to enter. Yes. And you think, where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so? Oh, exactly they that. haven't paid or they don't have deep enough pockets Yeah, or well, they or don't think the taster is going to do the right thing by their wine. Or, you know, mm. a lot of people don't enter their wine in case they don't win. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, uh, and I can understand that. But, you know, some of the smaller estates now, well, I'm using the word estates, perhaps I shouldn't, because Producer. so many brands now are A buying cuckoo's. in the grapes. Mm. They don't have any physical estate yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly that. Mm. So a few weeks ago, she invited me down to chair the panel on Malbec and, surprise, surprise, Charles Beck's Fairview Malbec 2021 won. Wow. Jim, if I tell you that it is, I think, and I stand corrected, I might be wrong by a few, 10 rand either way or whatever, but I think it's about 120 rand a bottle. And it had that typical robust, you know, Malbec is sort of quite a lot of the backbone and the inky black color component of a typical Bordeaux-style blend. And That's people think of Ar- Argentine, the don't they? They think of Argentine, So it's a nice yeah. big steak and a glass of Malbec exactly that. in the Andes or whatever it is exactly in Argentina. That. So there weren't a huge amount. I think there were 35 entrants or something because there's not a huge amount of single-variety mm. Malbecs in South Africa. But here came the Fairview um, 2021, and it honestly is delicious. At 120-odd rand a bottle. And where would you get that you from? You can't Direct go from wrong. You can get direct from Charles, but Charles has an amazing distribution setup. You know, he's a clever guy. He really has been one of the cornerstones of the South African wine industry. And he's just got this gorgeous way about him. He's just so, he's so full of energy. He's so cool. He's really cool. <laughs> so Charles's wines are available in all the supermarkets. So you can get it at Checkers. You can get it at Pick and Pay. You can get it at Norman Goodfellows. You can get it at, you can get Fairview almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you don't meet with any success, I know that they have a, they have an online portal that you can go and buy online. Right. Most of the wineries yeah. do now yeah. and you can order direct from them. Mm. So that red wine, I thought if we're lucky enough and Christmas brings us nice weather in Johannesburg, which sometimes can be a little bit sort of duvet under the covers and lamps and chocolates and puppies. We don't know, do we? We never know. But if it's hot and sort of summery, I could imagine a really, really delicious steak on the Weber with a bottle of that Fairview. Well, I'm hearing that people are getting worried now about having functions if we have a power outage for one, two, three days. So the Weber and Bryce or whatever are coming to the fore. Um, In fact, I have to say two nights ago, I had pork, chicken and salmon in foil all on the same fire, (laughs) obviously at different times, uh, and some potatoes in foil in the charcoal. Yeah, you see. Trying to put together a meal. A meal. And and use up things that were in the freezer and the freezer wasn't freezing, so it was going off. So my dear wife brought out all this stuff and I said, how am I going to fit all this on? But anyway, we did. <laughs> I know. Well, it's. I think that the Weber is quite a good option at this stage of the game for all kinds of reasons. And turkey in the Weber is incredible now, with you that know, smokiness that comes uh, through. Turkey in the Weber is probably the best you're going to get. But I'll tell you another trick about turkey. Last year, or maybe the year before, I don't know, I spent Christmas Day with a friend of mine, Um Rob Brown, who is also ebullient, full of love of life. He's a gorgeous man. Um, and he made a turkey Thanksgiving style, which was in a pot of boiling oil this big, that he had some kind of a flamethrower in the kitchen, <laughs> that he had this burning cauldron of oil. And he immersed the turkey in this oil for like an hour. Mm. Just that. Mm. Took it out. The skin was as crispy and brown and gorgeous as ever. Mm. And inside the turkey was succulent and juicy. I don't want to say moist. Everybody always says other things that I want moist, not my turkey. So, so he, he did this thing. It took one hour. 
immersed in boiling, boiling, boiling oil, but you have to get that oil to boil yes. vigorously. Yes. And it was the best turkey I've ever tasted. Wow. So, so that's good for turkey. And speaking turkey, I've told you my red wine, which is the Fairview Malbec. But speaking turkey, I love to do Chardonnay with turkey. That's I love to do Chardonnay yep. with anything, actually, but I do do it with turkey. And there have been some such delicious Chardonnays. A few weeks ago, I had a tasting with Andrew Gunn. Mm-hmm. And we tasted his no, single Iona. vineyard uh, from Iona. Yeah. We tasted his single vineyards, the Kloof, the Kroon, and the Feinbos. Mm. They range between 2018 and 2019 vintage. Honestly, Jeremy, those Chardonnays are beautiful. But he's Elgin, as I recall. Mm. And I you know Paul Kluver is next door as well. Quite right. And, and Andrew's that, Burgers also making yeah. the most beautiful And that whole area... Beautiful, beautiful wines. And I notice a lot of the Stellenbosch people now have bought up real estate in that Elgin area. Well, Fred and List have vineyards in, in Elgin and make absolutely delicious Chardonnay from there. But Andrew Gunn's single vineyard, they're quite pricey. But hey, it's Christmas time, it's holidays. When you say quite We've, pricey, what are you Quite talking? pricey, I'm talking around 500 rand a bottle. That's the thing that's happened this year. Yeah. Prices have gone up quite I was going to speak to you about that branding and pricing and yeah. what have you. So they are quite pricey. He has other ones that are not single vineyard, but and they're also nice. But these are just special. Mm. They're just really special. So you can buy yourself one bottle of really super special, and then, <laughs> then you revert to the sea salter, which is still the best value for money, white wine in a Fantastic. bottle. Fantastic. And that's yeah. what about... 120 or whatever it I is. I know, I know, it's amazing. Mm. So we're talking price. Um, it's quite interesting to see the evolution of pricing in South Africa. And I'm not sure which side of the fence I fall on. Michael Fridjohn says the winemakers must put the prices up. We're the cheapest wine sip for sip in the world. But then we're the cheapest a lot sip for sip in the world. You know what I mean? We're the cheapest of a lot of things in the world. Mm. There are not many places in the world that I know of where you can still live the quality of life that we can manage to live here. Eating meat a couple of times a week, um, lovely fish. I mean, it's not just snook or something. It's salmon mm. and tuna fish and what have you. We live well in South Africa, really, at a relatively low price. Don't you think? Or am I dreaming? No, I, I think you're making a good point. You, we need to step back from the whole thing. We have a lot of good things going for us. Yes. Um, you know, let's park Eskom for a minute and let's park, <laughs> no, we know. park, That's park, just park rubbish. the politics for a minute. Yeah. But no, our inflation is high-ish, but not as high as a lot of places. Yes. We have summer. Um, we the have, great. We have a lot of good things. And, and if you've um, got some money in the bank, the interest rate's quite good this year. That's right. And, you know, Talking Michael Fridgen, he and I have had discussions where I said, well, we want more people in Soweto and the what were townships to be wine drinkers. And that's, yeah. I think, got to be the future. So what's wrong with having a box wine uh, that costs, I don't know, two litres at 60 rand or whatever it is? So a lot um, of people are putting their wine in boxes again. 
And that's cost effective. Yeah. It's nice. It gets people into wine. And as you've just said, on a special occasion, okay, let's have a special bottle.、Mm. And it might be a hundred, two hundred, four hundred, five hundred. But when you get up to the Villafonte levels of twelve, thirteen hundred, two thousand, okay, that's a very, very small niche market. But I'm all for bringing people in to drinking wine. And the quality, you know, some of those KWV boxes, fantastic quality. I think those box wines are absolutely fine, and I think that there are a lot of people who have started. I was chatting to Wendy Applebaum, who's a mate of mine, as you know, and I think they've, they've well, put they put De Morgan's on into boxes,、um, and I think they're selling quite well overseas. And I think a lot of people are putting wine into little cans in Europe, so I'm not fussed about any of that.、Um, what I do worry about is people pricing our wine. Out of the market, and that's difficult because you want the farmer to realise as much as he possibly can for the wine and the effort and the time and the love and whatever it is. It takes money to put bottle, of, you know, wine into a bottle. But you also don't want it to be so extortionate that the, you know, the man in the street can't afford. How do we find a balance? I don't know. But I'm agreeing with you. But then, with a daughter overseas and friends overseas. They send me a picture of a bottle of South African wine in a restaurant down in Cornwall,、mm. going for fifty-five British pounds a、mm. bottle. When I know in South Africa you can get it for under one hundred rand, <laughs> and people are saying that the the British restaurateurs' biggest profit margin they're getting out of anything is South African wines because of the value for、yeah. money. I know, and they're selling because at fifty-five pounds the quality is still. Exquisite. Well, I'll have to give your daughter my son's contact details <laughs> because he's just gone into a wine business in England, and it's only South African wine. So I'll give her his details, and she won't have to pay that much money for a bottle of South African wine. And she'll and be delighted. A, she'll be delighted. I know her husband is fixated on Merlot, but I think we can ease him off that. We can ease him <laughs> off. We won't tell Hannah's. Anything else that you think we should be drinking for Christmas or New Year? I mean, we've done Christmas. Let, let, let's just finish off on. I find it also interesting the、um, emergence or the profiles of second label wines coming up a little bit, because you know if you're going to pr- price your wines, let's say five hundred, six hundred upwards, there needs to be a, again a lower entry, An level, entry level, perhaps.、Mm. And again, Mullineux, who are doing absolutely incredibly, I think they might have a bit of a. Branding situation coming along with Mr. Singh of Lure, but、um, when you look at their second label, which is Cliff Street,、mm. which is about what just under a hundred or just over a hundred. No, it's actually quite expensive now. It's about one fifty or one sixty.、Oh, I think it's become quite expensive. Well, that's gone up a lot then. In it the last has few gone、years. up quite a lot, and I think that listen, the wine is worth it, but I think that it does it does detract from its sexiness when you're in the store and you've got. You know, a tighter budget. But if you look at Adi Badenhorst, for example, with his Secateurs label, which is also his entry level label from the Swartland, his is around about a hundred and twenty or something、yeah. like that, which is really good value for、Very、money at this stage of the game. Yeah, he's gone quiet lately as well. I don't know what he's usually a larger than life person. When he's quiet, <laughs> there's something brewing. There's something naughty on the go. Yeah, very naughty. And, yeah, and of course, there's Mr. Duncan Savage. Who, when I walked into the Cape Wine Girl to know he 
strode up and said hello. Um, and Duncan. no, he's just been again on platter. I think voted almost the personality. Um, yeah. And then of course there's Mr. Eben Sadie, who very quietly is still producing incredible wines, well, which fact, most of us can't afford. Charles and I were speaking about the Swartland this morning because if there were to be a king of the Swartland, it has to be Charles Back. I mean, he's been there since. I fell off the bus. It's been there since 1995. Um, and we were just talking about the wines of the Swartland Co-op. Oh, yeah. Also in a box. Yes, yes. Um, but listen, give those kids their due. They've done an amazing marketing job. You must well, be proud of them. The, the Swartland, the way it's come up over the... It's only the last decade or so, isn't it? Yeah. I remember driving through there to Paternoster probably the first time 20 years ago where they cornfields or whatever. And, and now the wines... And if you go to places like Rebec Castile, you know, there's a lovely little wine shop next door to an art gallery there. And you know, going into a place and like 80% of the wines I've never heard of before. I know. I know. Uh, Charles and I were chatting, actually, interestingly enough, about he's very excited about Darling. Yes. He, which is where our sea salter comes from. Um, he is very excited about the terroirs, the soils, and the conditions of growing and, and making wine in Darling. But I wonder if they're changing cultivars because Darling is a hot area already. Well, you know, and if you with think global of it, warming? I don't know. I don't think global warming is changing the climate that much that it's going to have that much of a difference, marked difference. Because I hear um, of Mediterranean cultivars being brought in and people experimenting. Well, they've always been. I mean, the Cape has a Mediterranean climate and we have similar yeah. soils to the Mediterranean. So there's nothing new about that. We mm. should have been experimenting with Mediterranean grape varieties a long time ago. Mm. And some people did. Yes. Some people did. But uh, there's there's a lot of them coming into South Africa now, and, and they're making for such interesting wines. You know, David Nevote, mm. another mm. one of my favourite boyfriends. Mm. He he is making wines with uh, at Maras. Um, the winemaker's name escapes me now. I've still got COVID brain. If anybody out there can tell me what you take for COVID <laughs> but brain. But David is such a quiet, oh, gentle man. Uh, and, you know, then, then they produce fun. magic in a bottle. No, he's such fun. He's just the biggest, fattest fun. We'll do a thing one day with the three of us on here, and you'll see his energy <laughs> is so, so boundless. You have to sort of bring Rittle into the interview, you know. He is so over the... Anyway, he's making some lovely wines in the Swatland with a couple of the kids. And then, of course, there's things like... I have to mention it because nobody really knows about it yet. But have you tasted Baco? No. Baco. You need to know about Baco. It's B-A-C-C-O. And Baco... Right, tell all your Baco, viewers. Baco, as in Bacchus, Bacum, Bacillium. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Baco have produced a wine called Prelude. And... I won't bore you with the whole history of it because I will have Nate Jankilovitz on my show with me one day. But he is the nicest man. He's a... I always thought he was a QS, but I think he told me the other day that he's not a quantity surveyor, he's a something else. But he's a building something. Clever guy. Been in the building trade for many, many, many years. Always wanted a wine farm. Finally bought one about seven, eight years ago. Mm right next door to Villa Fonte, run down. He's turned it into the most gorgeous little place. Long story short, he got Martin Smith, who is now making Passerine, as you know, 
Um, and Martin Smith, who worked with Zilma Long and Phil Fries, who are the husband and wife team at Villafonte from America. Oh, Fabulous course, duo. Yes. Probably it, the most successful the duo maker, in the world. He was the viticulturist. Yeah. Best duo in the world. Yeah. And Martin Smith had the benefit of their mentorship mm. for nine years. Mm. And he made the first vintage of Baco Prelude. Mm. And I think it's just delicious. It's a red, it's a, a Bordeaux-style blend. It's about 250 rand a bottle. Mm. And it is, it's just what you want it to be. It's quite elegant. It's polished and clean. It's got lovely pure fruit on it. It's not over-oaked. In fact, that has to be our New Year wine. Well, perhaps the New Year also is to try new things. New so things. Bacco, uh, which I've never good. heard of before. Let, let's, let's do that. Well, I'm going to send you a bottle of Bacco for you and Sharon to have on New Year's Eve. It's just, it's lovely. And you can buy it at Norman Goodfellows. I think you can buy it at Colleen Morris's place as well. A wine menu. Wine yes. menu. Yes. You can probably get it at Dry Dock if you're in... Parkhurst. Parkhurst. Yeah. And then I feel so northern suburbs-ish because I don't know where else it would be. I don't know about Edenvale or Glen Vista or Durban or Cape Town. I don't know. Mm. But but look for Bacco. Look look it up online and you'll see where right. it's available. Um, mm. I'm going to get you a bottle for you and Sharon. It's delicious. But then you mentioned the magic word bubbles. What are the bubbles... Well, perhaps we should even take a step back because you were chairing the Diners Club this year and yes. some of those personalities, and yes. I don't know if any of them are involved in bubbles. Well, no. Who was with me this year? Oh, I had Hervé de la Besse, the gorgeous Frenchman, because we always have one international judge, and Hervé is an importer of French and Spanish and Italian wines. Mm. So he's got... Philipponat, which is gorgeous bubbly, and he's got he's got a couple, he's got Lalia, he's got a few French bubbles. French bubbles are a big problem, big, big problem. They're in dire straits. There aren't enough of them. So oh. Moet and Verve have been out of stock for a lot of the time this year, and you're going to have to start looking, I think, to some local bubbles to take the place of what was the that's sort fine. of more affordable yeah, French. But that's you know? fine. Yeah. So if we're going local bubbly, what's your favourite? Well, I might shock you by saying Sternberg had a, oh, a bubbles. Sauvignon Blanc. Yes, a bubbles, I which know, I remember drinking. I brain made bubbly out of Sauvignon Blanc, but I know what you're saying. And I was shocked when I drank it the first time. I know, it's um, delicious. But it was delicious. Um, and no, Sternberg doesn't get mentioned that often, you know, no. from the back. Um, was it? But now I think, Jim, Johan Lopesha was the winemaker there, and he really, with his green and man... And his silver thorn. His silver thorn, And he's a lovely man, man as well. He can make bubbles. Yes. And I think that that's the history of those bubbles at Sternberg. I think he put the recipe in place. And again, at the Cape Wine Guild, I had a had a chat with him, and what a charming man! No, he's lovely. And what they're producing there, so Silverthorn bubbles. Okay. Um, he got the genie as well. Is that the pink one? I can't. I don't remember. He's got about four or five, hasn't he? He's got a range. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Sternberg. 
I will write all these things down. Stenberg Bubbly, says Mr. Sampson. But then there are the classics, you know, and there are so many classic ones. Um, Pongratz, everybody drinks Pongratz. How can we forget the still? How can we forget Twee Jonge um Twee Jonge Zellen. What's it called? It's called Kops of Funkel Simonsik. Simonsik. And Simonsik is um, probably. You know, everything else is MCC, and that's car. I can't say Carl's for uncle. Yes, Carl's <laughs> uncle. You're so British. Um, <laughs> can you speak Afrikaans, there, Jeremy? Uh, I'm Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Says she, who's lived in South Africa for most of her life and can't speak an African language, which in itself is disgraceful. So I'll forgive you for not Let's speaking Afrikaans. Let's move on. Quickly, yeah. Let's Getting move embarrassed on. Here. Let's move on. So. Um, Carps Funkel is absolutely brilliant. And then I honestly cannot leave out Law Morong because mm, mm. Mr. Rupert has done whatever he had to do and that Law Morong's brut is delicious. When it first came out, I had my doubts and I thought, it's like every other bubbly from South Africa. It's nice. It's upper money. You know, it's almost French but not and then I was thinking to myself, I was being a bit sort of snobbish and what have you, but I do love French bubbles. And you have to give them, you know, even though we have to cancel the whole of the history of the world, I refuse to cancel <laughs> champagne. <laughs> you can't. So the French have got it right when it comes to bubbly, but you look at people like Bubbles Ferreira, who has spent a lifetime studying and doing and making, and he's released some of his own Bubbles labels. Have you have you seen Absolutely them? brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. And but I'm surprised how many different wine producers now have a bubbles version as well. Yeah. Uh, and they can be very very good quality. Oh no, they are. Um, you know, you talked to Mr. Rupert just now as well. I I mentioned to you I was at a wine tasting at Rupert and Rothschild. Yes. What was um, it like? And they only give you three wines. Um, I think it was a Chardonnay. Of and course, two they are, because they're on a budget, aren't because they? Because they're on a budget, but they give you a good yeah, portion. Yeah, no money it's in, not that, a in that stable. But but we stayed on for lunch there, and if you want to really spoil yourself, go there, and you'll have to book, I'm told. But go and stay there for lunch. We were there, as I say, a few weeks ago, so beginning of the season, and having had the, the tasting and thinking, this is rather nice, why I start looking for somewhere else to go to? And we stayed there, and it was brilliant. So highly recommend it. But back to bubbles, you know, would you go to um, Cabriere, you know, Mr. Von Arnhem? And what's well, he you, producing? you can't is skip him out he's sort of just <laughs> such a character in the industry. And I mean, to to start off your tour of Franschuk on that hill mm. with Achim doing some sabrage and the cork flying out in front of your face. I don't think he does it anymore. I, I don't think he's doing all of that. I think that his son is running the place, really. His, his health, I, I've heard, has Not taken good. a knock. Yeah. Um, but, you know, his but reputation you know, lives on. You know what is fun as well? We can't really do that was the year that was in wine and forget about my darling... Skulk, ex-winemaker from Rupert and Rothschild. Skulky. And where is he now? So he is at a farm called Tybosh. Oh, yes. Which used to be Cordoba. And I went out and bought a couple of bottles. Did you go and get yes. some? Yes, when I heard about it that. It is delicious. But Skulky makes a wine, which I think is lovely, for the holiday period called Pink Lady, a typical 
Saint-Tropez style rosé. It is uber sexy. You want a few bottles of that in your fridge for the Christmas holidays. I promise and you. Served so cold. Served icy, freezy cold, and it is really, really smart wine. So you want some Pink Lady rosé? We've given you so much. I've got a Labrie rosé as well. I That's think it's nice. a pink door or something like that. Yeah. But that also is delicious. But you're, you're raising rosé again, which we tend to forget. And a dry rosé, frozen, mm. takes a lot of beauty. Yeah, very, very cold. It's, there's a reason why it's so popular in, in the Mediterranean, because it is very thirst-quenching. And a lot of the time it's lower in sugar and lower in alcohol mm. than mm. the rest, depending upon how it's been made as is the case with sparkling wine, low sugar, low alcohol. Mm. And we don't want to spend the whole holiday season inebriated and getting too, too fat. So that's a good... No, things like about 11%, isn't it? That yeah. sort of at lunchtime, yeah. fine. It's perfect. Get a bit above that and uh, all right. Yeah. You can have a little rest. Uh, nothing wrong with that. You come back when for more later. When you're like us, you're allowed to rest whenever you like. I think they call it a siesta or something. <laughs> you know, in reality, it's actually just sleeping off the booze. That's really what it is. Is there anything else that we've forgotten? Beer. Have you tasted any nice beer during the year? Um, I think just... Any crafty beers? Belgian beer. I, 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 don't, I think craft Erdinger. beers are, are sometimes a bit... Overrated. You almost eat the craft beer for breakfast, well, don't some you? Because they're are quite malty. A bit rough on the. Yeah. Yes. Um, but again, the Belgian beers are still so silky and they just flow so well. And, and uh, having said beer, I mean, you, Pom, you must have had Christmas ale at the pub. You know, I come from the West Country of England, so don't I drink cider. Don't stop getting snooty and fancy on I me. I drink cider. <laughs> uh, not scrumpy, but, um, <laughs> you know, to have a, a good glass of cider still takes a lot of eating, especially Cider's if you've got some, some pork or something like that. Yeah. The apple coming With through. Your and, of course, then go on to Calvados or something like that if you really so want to get So ciders fancy. are good, but we haven't got well, I suppose we've got one of the biggest cider brands in the world in the form of Savannah, but... So, we're talking about rather more handcrafted ciders than that. But Christmas ale is barley wine, which is like beer. It's yeah. like that malted, malted beer, mm. which is gorgeous if it's going to be cold at Christmas time. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And, and then uh, mulled wines and things like that, you know, heat things up. Uh, put you, some cinnamon sticks in. I was going to say, have you got a recipe for mulled wine? Because that's quite nice for I when you're cooking have. turkey. I actually have. I've got a Trade of Vic's book from the Hilton Hotel in London on about a thousand recipes and mulled is one of them. I think you better send me one of those re recipes, that recipe. And at some stage I'm going to get my beloved Callum to put it on somewhere, wherever all of this stuff happens. We'll put your mulled wine recipe on for Christmas. <laughs> Can we do that, Cal? I think that's us. I think that's a wrap. I think... Just to sum up, we have so much to celebrate. Uh, mm. I think we all need some good news. We need something. We call do. it escapism if you want to. No, but do. I think one of the jewels in the crown of South Africa, and there are a few, one of them is our wines and brandies. Yeah, They for are sure. absolutely, truly brilliant. But try something new. Explore a bit. Try something new. And now you've just said that, and we've run out of time, so we can't do too, too much more. But 
the brandy and the port that comes with the Christmas puds and things. But we'll have to talk about that another time. But I do agree. We have lots to, <laughs> lots to celebrate. If it had been later, we would have had a glass of something in front of us here. And we would have cheersed everybody. Because I think you've got a lovely long list of Jeremy's favourites and some of my favourites for the Christmas holidays. So thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Karen. Always gorgeous to spend time shooting the breeze with you. And happy drinking. <laughs> happy drinking. Thank you. Carefully. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.